there's a lot of history and culture and knowledge there. And when you have people who are not um, indigenous making these products, those things get lost. There's um, the teachings and the culture behind it that a lot of Indigenous people have lost over the years. And because we're working so hard to reclaim our identities and, you know, reclaim that that knowledge that was sort of stripped from us is really important. Sitting there listening, and this podcast is on Sportsnet. And they mentioned Culture Shock Jewelry. And I'm like, what? never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that Culture Shock Jewelry would be mentioned on Sportsnet. But here we are because he's a professional hockey player and he's being interviewed about his, his company. It's just, it's wild, all the opportunities that can come about because of the internet. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. This is our We Rise segment in partnership with Rise Windsor Essex, where we will be bringing you stories of local female entrepreneurs in the Windsor Essex area, sharing their stories of how they built their business and how they made it happen. So how about we start off with having you just tell us a little bit about about yourself and your business? Well, I am originally from Toronto. I moved to Windsor about 14 years ago uh, to study at the university to take business. And um, it was while I was in school that I decided to take my sort of side gig of making jewelry and, and traditional crafts a bit more seriously. So I joined uh, the summer company program through the Small Business Center and registered it and made it a thing. So after uh, graduating university, um, I decided to give it a go and run Culture Shock Jewelry full time. Um, and at the same time, I also decided that maybe tr- moving back to Toronto wasn't uh, in the cards for me. Um, so I've been here since and uh, love living in Windsor. Um, my family is originally from Northern Ontario, James Bay. Uh, so Moose Factory, Ontario is my reserve. And then I got to live up north in Moosonee for five years, like when I was a teenager, which was like also wonderful. So my community and um, my culture play a big part in my life um, and are heavily influenced in um, my work in Culture Shop Jewelry. I love that. And I, I guess that leads into my next question is, you know, do you want to talk a bit about, you know, how you learned the craft in the first place and, you know, starting up making the jewelry? So I was about five years old um, when I first started experimenting with like beadwork. My mother and my grandmother um, are both sewers and beaters. And I grew up uh, watching them uh, make things and then, you know, attend powwows and festivals to sell their products. So it was actually at that age where I was making very simple types of jewelry and actually selling them um, and learning to kind of like learning how to make my own like sort of income. So you're making like two, three dollar necklaces and being exposed to that was really exciting with my first encounter as being, as, you know, a self-employed artist or entrepreneur. Um, but with that, I did not realize at such a young age how much of that tradition and that knowledge uh, was like a part of like, uh, my culture, right? And so like being able to develop that skill over years, I definitely continued it as, as a child. And then, you know, into my teens, I kind of like lost track of it again, just like with interest and such. But it was, I think I was about 20 years old when I finally 
kind of stepped back into a craft store again, I had actually lost a pair of earrings that I had found, I had bought, sorry, I had a pair of earrings I had bought at, um, at a craft sale. And I lost one and they were my absolute favorite and there was no way for me to track down this maker. It's like, but I know where I can get beads because I'd grown up going to bead stores. And so when that had happened, I stepped back into that store and just all the memories of always being in there and seeing all of the beads is like what brought me back into it. I had always done like the traditional sort of crafting and, and working beadwork, but then it was my like love of jewelry and shiny things that kind of made me branch out. So. I really got to develop my skills over the years. It's been like 15 years now of culture shock jewelry and um, expanding and learning different styles of jewelry making. And But always with that, always like going back to my roots of just like the traditional stuff um, and beadwork in particular. So. Mm-hmm. That, that's amazing. And I love, you know, hearing that story and how it was able to come full circle. And I mean, look at the business now, it's definitely just thriving. And so um, I'd love to hear a little bit too about, you know, when you are making the pieces, sort of where that inspiration comes from, or sort of the ideas for the beautiful pieces you make, sort of where that idea comes from. Oh, my God. <laughs> The thing with me is that, like, I love fashion. Like, I love fashion and I love jewelry. And so sometimes it's hard to actually hold back because I want to make it all and I want to do it all, right? And so there's a lot of influences, even just, like, looking at trends that are happening, um, you know, in magazines and things that you're seeing in movies and different styles of jewelry that are really popular. But then... uh, I also have the opportunity to see like different gemstones and beads when I'm in a craft shop and being influenced by so many different jewelry makers over the years, so many friends who just like, we'll look at one bead and have, you know, we'll all have a different idea of how we're going to use it. Um, But it's great to have like feedback and input from other people um, in that sense, because it helps me push outside my comfort zone. So like the influences of like just designing jewelry, I would definitely say say that I tend to stick with certain colors and certain stones. And then, you know, customers and friends that are like, have you ever used like this one, like these colors? Do you ever do yellow? Do you ever do green? And I'm like, maybe not. Like, but so that, that helps though. Right. And like over the years, I kind of look back at what I've done and seen how much I've grown. Um, But it, there's always things that will go back to the culture. And so, or my culture, um, with natural materials. And so there's things like porcupine quills, um, dentalium shells, using different types of uh, leathers, whether they're moose leather, deer leather, uh, buffalo hides, furs, uh, will pop up occasionally in earrings uh, and, and and shells. Um, or I said the dentalium shells, but then there's things like abalone shells that like would be traditionally used in a lot of like garment making and powwow regalia that um, people often see. But there's the great part about it is like now I get to kind of do modern types of things with it because there's all of these different elements. So I can add in like glass crystals in there, you know, and maybe different like acrylic type work and, 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 and use that. And it's happening a lot on Instagram, which is like fantastic to see so many people either who have been beaters for years who are starting to use new materials or people that are so people that are picking up these skills now kind of reclaiming these skills and the heritage behind it. It's so exciting. So I would say right now, Instagram is probably my biggest influence because I'm on it so much. 
uh, but it's so great to be a part of a community where people are giving feedback and sharing in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree. And I think that's so important. And, you know, like I said, like, you know, you are open to sort of those ideas, like other people have to bring in those new features and sort of just bringing it all together, I think is, is so incredible. And there's actually there's something on your website that says authenticity is important. Um, and which I think is, is so true. And I definitely agree. And I'd love to hear sort of, you know, what this means for your business and, you know, why you think that is so important in a brand. That's a a big topic because there's there's two parts to it. Authenticity with a brand um, is the ability for a customer or, you know, anybody shopping to understand where their products are coming from, right? Because more than ever, we want people, we want to support ethical brands and we want, especially when you're looking at bigger brands, right? You want to be able to support, you know, that workers are being paid, being paid and treated fairly. And with globalization now, we know where our clothing is coming from and we know who's making it and we can find out more and more about those things. And so that authenticity showing that there's real people working um, at a company and who it is behind that brand is incredibly important. Um, and it's amazing how much we are empowered now to find out these things. So that, that's the one component of being authentic and like, you know, being straightforward about where you source out your materials and how you want to, op- how businesses operate. And then the flip side of the authenticity part is also relates more to cultural appropriation. And so, yes, we make a lot of jewelry that isn't necessarily cultural, but we do make a lot of items that are authentic. And so moccasins and dream catchers being some of them, like our staples that we carry there's a lot of history and culture and knowledge there. And when you have people who are not um, indigenous making these products, those things get lost. There's um, the teachings and the culture behind it that a lot of indigenous people have lost over the years. And because we're working so hard to reclaim our identities and, you know, reclaim that, that knowledge that was sort of stripped from us is really important. Uh, And so whenever I, have the opportunity to connect with customers. You know, I want them to understand where this is coming from, uh, where materials are sourced from. And, you know, just the, the knowledge that I can share about it, uh, especially in workshops too. Like that's always a lot of fun because I've taught works like a lot of workshops and every time I'm working with like natural materials, so I'm working with hides and feathers and such. There's a lot of respect that has to go into how you treat these materials because that was once the living thing. Um, so to be able to encapsulate all of that with the word authenticity is a loaded thing, but when you break it down are really important things that I think a lot of people respond to and respect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I think that is so important and I love the way that, you know, you put that. And I think that there are so many great points touched upon there that, um, it's always great to sort of hear the background story. And like, like you said, it's sort of the story behind businesses that people connect with. So it's always great to hear that part of it. Um, and then, you know, with your business, has there been sort of any big challenges that you've really had to overcome, you know, throughout the years? And, you know, what did you do during this time to overcome it? The biggest challenge is to stop buying so many beans. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really just find, really finding 
the avenue that works best for your business. And so we get immersed so much um, in marketing and advertising of businesses, whether they're small businesses or not. And I find I find that we can we can and I did at some points kind of get wrapped up in the, the competition and the and the comparison of looking at what other people are doing and it's so important to just stop and realize like that business model doesn't work for me because that's not how I want to operate and kind of goes back to that authenticity thing right and so I want to be able to support other makers and other other jewelry artists um, at all times I think it's all about community and it's about uplifting other people and you know, cross promotion with other people is is important because it's beneficial to both. There is enough there are enough people out there who are wanting to support us that we can work together and it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be a competition. And the reason why I felt like it was kind of at one point was an influence on me was that I had an advertisement in a really well known sort of media stream. And their their coordinator did an assessment of my social media. And she had said to me, you shouldn't post other people's products. You should only ever post your own. And at the time, I was naive to that and thinking, oh, my gosh, like, she's right. Like, why am I selling other people's products? And it took me some time to finally stop and think, no, that isn't how I operate. Like that isn't that isn't a part of like my values and and how I want to function. I want to be able to point out other makers, especially if somebody's new and upcoming, to be able to share their products and be like, "Hey, look at what these people are doing." Uh, there are times that I can't make enough custom beadwork for everybody that's requesting it, anyways. So if I can promote them to another person who can do the beadwork, why wouldn't I do that? Um, and then it works just as well for me because other people will help and promote me and uplift each other. And that is like, I think a big thing that I've been focusing on in the past few years is finding communities where it's uplifting and we support each other. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's such a great point. And I mean, it, it kind of comes to that, you know, community over competition piece that, you know, people are saying, and I think it's so important and, you know, the, especially the way you put it, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, finding that community that you can really, it's, it's a two way street and to help each other. And so I think that is such an important part for, you know, businesses in general. Um, and you talked about there too, about, you know, publications and I know that you've been featured in many, including Vanity Fair. Did you want to just talk a little bit about this uh <laughs> vanity fair was was such an amazing experience oh my goodness so it it was it was i believe it was october of last year and i still like think back to it and how shell-shocked i was because you see i get we get um especially if you have a website you get emails a lot from people like cold emails just saying hey we want to redesign your website or are you happy with your web development so on and so forth. So I thought it was just one of those kind of like mass emails. But when I opened it up and they had actually said, hey, like they found out who I was. They found out a little bit about the business and it was tailored to me. Like they, there was some effort behind this email. And I was like, is this actually real? Um, that was just like, this is Vanity Fair and I love this magazine. So I, I, I I'm still stuttering over it. I, it was, uh, it was really exciting when I realized that it was real. And it took some it took some time 
to kind of wrap my head around what did I want to put out there in the world for my jewelry. Uh, it was a bit of a toss up because I said like, I do have the non-traditional jewelry, um, which I did opt to go with. And I have the traditional stuff, the beadwork. And I knew that if I realized if I put the beadwork in the magazine, I can't produce enough of that. Like I, if I had made like, if I knew I wouldn't be able to produce enough of that on demand. And that's like one of the important things about beadwork is that I will never make something that uh, would like stress me out. Every piece has got to be carefully made and there's a lot of love that goes into it. And not to say that my other pieces don't, but they're not as labor intensive. Some beadwork can take four or five up to eight hours. And so when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to put into the world with Vanity Fair, it was, it was really tough. It was definitely a challenge, um, but it was really exciting. And then to have it all come together and then for so many people to pick up on the story and get excited about it. The fact that we're even still talking about this now and this was over a year ago is just exciting. I, I don't know, like, do opportunities ever come up like that for small businesses in Windsor, Ontario? I don't know, because it was published in London. And I actually... Um, have a customer email me today that found me through that publication and she was raving to me about how much she loves the earrings. And it was just amazing to have that happen, uh, to have people on the other side of the world, you know, become aware of us, um, become aware of like culture shock jewelry through Vanity Fair. It's just, I, I can't even, <laughs> I'm sorry. It just, it's really exciting. It's uh, just opportunities that don't come up very often. And I'm so fortunate that somebody working there found me. And she found me on Instagram. So uh, it just goes to show, like, that globalization piece. Like, we're, we are really connected now. Um, you'll be hard-pressed to not connect with the other people from other parts of the world because uh, it's all at the tip of our hands with our phones. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's an amazing story. And I mean, congratulations, because that is huge. And, um, you know, I love, you know, hearing, hearing about it, and just like the excitement that you have from it. So I mean, it's just, it's such an accomplishment. Um, and has there been sort of any other big highlight moments that really stand out to you from your business journey? You know, sometimes it's kind of like, okay, it's relative to the moment as well. So I have, I recently joined a platform called Ujima. Um, it is a marketplace for BIPOC businesses, and it was founded by Jordan Subban. Jordan Subban is a professional hockey player, uh, and so many people know him and his brothers uh, who play in the NHL. And so I followed them on social media, and so I saw that he had, had announced this um, this platform, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is really cool. And I just kind of commented on it, like, nonchalantly like I can't wait to see what indigenous makers you put on there not even really like engaging with it and then I think it was the next day he emailed me and he's like hey I checked out your stuff and I want you to join us and I was like what well is Jordan Jordan Zuban emailing me holy cow like I was just super excited about that I was just like just the fact that this hockey player like is like contacting me and has checked out my Instagram was like Super, super exciting because I'm such a fangirl. I love hockey. Uh, so that was that was a whole experience. That was like super amazing and oh my goodness. And then I think it was about a month later, Jordan's like, hey, we're filming a commercial. Do you want to come? And I'm like, I get to meet you and like do this commercial? Like, holy cow. So like when I'm talking about the relevancy, like they were all very, like both of those were very, very exciting moments for me, just like the Vanity Fair thing is. But it's like, 
to pick one thing, I can't, right? So uh, the other night I was just working on some promotional stuff um, for Ujima and I had come across a podcast that he'd done, he'd interviewed for. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to put this on while I'm doing work. And I'm sitting there listening and this podcast is on Sportsnet. And they mentioned Culture Shock Jewelry. And I'm like, what? never in my wildest dreams that I ever think that Culture Shock Jewelry would be mentioned on Sportsnet. But here we are because he's a professional hockey player and he's being interviewed about his, his company. And they mentioned me. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's wild. Um, all the opportunities that can come about because of the internet. And Instagram, because he found me on Instagram. So really, I think I've said Instagram several times. If that's the takeaway from anything, get your business online um, and connect with people. And it doesn't even have to be Instagram, but like you want at least one social media platform that you're really good at, um, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, um, and, and work that, right? Because I see, I've seen some businesses who only solely use one and they're incredibly successful and that's all you need. I do use multiple platforms, but I would say that most of my opportunities have come through Instagram. Wow. That is so incredible. Um, and you know, it's so exciting to hear about all of these amazing opportunities that, you know, you've been able to have. And uh, I think it's great that, you know, you also have the advice for other people that, and I mean, yeah, like you said, a takeaway, make sure you're, you're online. Cause it is incredible, you know, the connections and the sort of the impact and the reach that, you know, social media can have, especially, you know, nowadays when that is really how you're connecting with people, a lot of people, you can't see people in person anymore. So this is, you know, an avenue for that. And um, I'd love to talk a bit about too, about, you know, first starting up your business. I know you said that you had worked with the Small Business Center and maybe just some of the resources that helped build your business in the beginning, or even just some of the um, you know, tools that helped from the small business center. So when I had first started Culture Shock Jewelry, that was prior to me even moving to Windsor for school. And that was when it was a hobby kind of thing. And like, I'm going to throw up a Facebook page and, you know, just post pictures because I would do like craft shows and powwows. So that was a pretty, I think that's how a lot of small business kind of start. It's a hobby. It's something to do for fun on the side. And it was when I finally decided, I think every person you have to, everybody kind of needs to get to that point and sit down and be like, okay, what is my goal? What is my strategy? Because that tends to happen a lot is that I see people out there who are either just kind of doing it on the side for fun and they're not taking into account the costs and the, a lot of factors that go into it. And then they kind of push it to the side because they realize it's costing them more money than they're benefiting from it. Not that there needs to always be a huge financial benefit, but if you're putting all of that hard um, effort into creating something, you do want it to be sustainable. So that being said, when I finally decided I do want to do this full time, um, I do want to give this a proper go. I was in university, I was taking business and I was in entrepreneurship classes. And I was like, I always knew I was going to start up businesses. I knew that this was the goal. And I'm like, I'm a student right now. And there's this awesome opportunity at the Small Business Center. Uh, why not take advantage of that, right? They're going to help me register my business. They're going to give me additional classes and training. And um, I'm going to meet people. I'm going to network with people in the city. 
And that, that's always my thing. I love people and I love networking and community. So I went through that avenue. It was so great because the cohort of students that I went through with it, I still keep in touch with some of them. Some of them still have their business going, which is like fantastic. And it was because of that, I've had so many more opportunities through the city, uh, like living in Windsor because of it. So I got to meet a lot of the staff at WeTech Alliance because they were also doing a lot of promotion of entrepreneurship and supporting small businesses and then meeting people at the Windsor Economic Commerce. Oh my gosh, I'm going to totally butcher this. Um, Chamber of Commerce? Yes, the cha- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, what you're saying. <laughs> So like, and, and those partners are always continually working together to promote small, small businesses. And so staying in touch and like having their support has been like phenomenal because even with their upcoming event that they have, the RISE, um, the conference that they're having, they put together these RISE experience boxes and they ask me to be a part of it. And I'm like, absolutely, I will make you some custom jewelry for that. And so this city is just so supportive of small businesses that my foot in the door at the small business center was just like a cascade of meeting and more people who want to support you and want to see businesses thrive. And I can't speak more like I can't speak like there's sorry. I just speak so highly of these people in this city that support small businesses. I'm always encouraging people like if you want to start a business, you need to reach out. Because there are free classes at the Small Business Center. And you're, they're going to put you in touch with the right people. In addition to that, uh, the Canon Indian Friendship Center in the city also has a sort of employment and work program. Their services are geared solely for Indigenous clients. But the resources that are there for Indigenous people to start businesses are huge as well. And they've also partnered with WeTech Alliance. And like, It's just so great to see so many people working together to want to see you succeed, um, and myself included. So those are some great resources. Some simpler, uh, not some simpler things, but in terms of like actually getting your products purchased, I would say look at um, the Rose City Etsy team. So if you have an Etsy store and you're a maker, Rose City Etsy team in Windsor is great because Anissa Noakes owns, um, will run the team. And is always looking to promote new makers. So she's got a huge Instagram following. She's going to help post your products if you tag her and those things. She also runs the Urban Art Market where I sell my jewelry. She's always looking for great talent. So if there's a baker out there who's got something like new and something different from what we have at the store, she's going to want to bring you in. Um, but the maker community is like fantastic in the city. And there's also the new store out in Kingsville, the local maker who's also looking for talent. So these like handmade shops are really being supported by the city, like people people living in them, the Windsor-Essex County. And I just, I can't speak highly enough of like how supportive people will be if you reach out. Because if people don't know who you are, we can't support you. So those are some of the resources. Rose City Etsy Team, Small Business Center, WeTech Alliance, love those guys. <laughs> amazing I think yeah those are some great resources and thank you for sharing and you know there is so many amazing ones in the this area that you know I definitely encourage people to reach out to because everyone like you said everyone is just willing to help and you know through those if they if they can't help they'll know someone who can help you and so there's always just so many connections that's just so great you know in this area um, and then if there was someone who was starting a business right now what would one piece of advice um, you would give to them be? 
if they were starting business right now, I like you have to be on social media. Everyone is on their phones right now. As much as I sometimes don't want to be, <laughs> there's nothing else to do. Um, and I have spoken with a few other people. Like I, I know a lot of business owners in the city with like brick and mortar store, and they um, are still, are trying to navigate that curbside pickup idea. I'm like you need to get your products on the store. Uh, on a store, on a sorry, <laughs> you need to get your products on a website. Uh, it may be a lot. It is. It can be a little bit labor intensive, but it will pay off. It will definitely pay off. Uh, there's actually a big trend that's happening right now with live sales that I would also recommend. Um, so it's that online component, but a live sale. If anyone, if um, people don't know what that is necessarily, literally like a shop owner sitting there with a bunch of products laying them all out to give you like a a one-on-one kind of personal shopping experience. And you're lucky you'll still pop happen across a live sale where there's some like magic discounts happening and like, Hey, I'm going to mark this down because I need to sell this. So it's, it's a great way to connect with customers too, because people get to ask you everything right on the spot. And, uh, you know, you get to, they get to know you, right. That doesn't always get, that doesn't always happen when, um, so there's a lot of benefits to doing that online thing, but uh, there's also some programs running right now. I believe it's the Shop Here program that's being run that people can actually get that assistance. But get online, get online right now and build that. Everybody is on their phones, so that would be my advice. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a great piece of advice, and I mean, especially right now. And then also, you know, look at all the opportunities that have come from being online and making those connections as well. So I think that's a great piece of advice for anyone looking to start a business. And do you have any future plans for your business coming up that you'd like to share? We have been working to really focus on expanding sort of the traditional craft that we've been offering. Um, I know that a lot of people are responding to, to that now, and especially because I had mentioned earlier about that ethical sourcing and where things come from. Um, so I know that people can kind of be apprehensive about furs and leathers, but when people understand that they're promoting, um, or sorry, that they're supporting a traditional way of life, there's more understanding that's coming from that now. But I really want to focus on education um, with our products. We're going to be carrying some new things with caribou hair. Um, with It's um, an art form called caribou tufting. And uh, we're looking to start offering more of that and a little bit more of like pom-pom, fur pom-poms and things like that with the jewelry line. So that part um, is pretty cool. And then I had mentioned um, Ujima. And so I really want to help promote that platform. Uh, I think that because the way that Jordan is building up that company, I see so much opportunity and potential for it. And I'm really excited. And even if I hadn't been a part of it myself as a maker, to see someone dedicated to uh, supporting Black and Indigenous uh, people of color um, businesses with everything that happened in 2020, I think it's such a worthy cause to get behind and be able to support Black makers and businesses. Uh, So those are definitely the two areas that I want to focus Culture Shop Jewelry for 2021. Mm hmm. Well, and I'm, I'm definitely so excited to, you know, see those both come come together. And where can people go to find out more about that online and find your business? 
So we're, I'm kind of everywhere online now. <laughs> um, so just to be like, you know, regular content and stuff. Like I'm always posting on Instagram. I'm definitely more active on Instagram than Facebook. And uh, our website is cultureshockjewelry.com. And then we also have uh, a variety of listings on the Ujima website, which is ujimaa.com. And we're going to have exclusive jewelry listed there. Um, soon <laughs> that's the plan anyways uh and then in windsor if you're shopping locally uh they're um still cur- like currently curbside pickup available at the urban art market where the makers that are working in the store are doing um private shopping with people and then native wonders gift and gallery is on ottawa street where we also have a selection of jewelry that's a few places <laughs> to look for us <laughs> Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.